everyone. I am recording this from my boyfriend and I's new condo. I am sitting on the ground. Our furniture is not ready and there's a lot of work I gotta do, but I'm so excited. Today we're sharing an interview with Natalie. Gosh, this was so fun. We talked about childhood masturbation, watching porn as a five-year-old, squirting, giving a blowjob at a theater camp. Woo, it was a lot of good stuff. Here's Natalie. I blossomed sexually late in life, like didn't lose my virginity until I was 18. But looking back on it, I discovered masturbation at the age of four. Growing up in my parents' house in New Jersey, our couch in the living room had a very low ledge that sort of stuck out over the side. So it, was, it wasn't really rounded, it wasn't sharp, but there was, there was a nice little edge there. And as I used to watch TV as a kid, somehow I discovered that I used to, it was the perfect height for me at the age of four to lean over the edge of it and I would just rock back and forth as I watched TV. And I didn't know why I liked it so much, but I really enjoyed it. And at some point, at one time or another, my mom saw me and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm watching TV, but I picked up enough to realize it was either weird or strange or there was something about it that maybe I shouldn't be doing. And around 1999, I had just turned 12. I discovered a show on MTV called Undressed. Oh. Undressed came on late at night. I would, I would shut my door. I would lock my door, which I never did. I'm an only child. We are a very close, open family. There was not a lot done in privacy. But for this, I knew I needed to shut my door, and I would lock it. And I would turn on Undressed. And looking back on it now, Christina Hendricks was on that show. Max Greenfield was on that show. Chad Michael Murray. Like all of these people got their start on Undressed on MV. It was, I think, 1999 to 2002. But it was basically sophomore porn for teenagers. Like, yeah, wait, is it a reality show? No, no, no. It was a scripted TV show. Mm. It was sort of an anthology series. So each episode followed different couples and you really saw sort of their sexual lives and their habits. And I remember there being kind of feathers and wax and stuff that you really didn't see on TV, which is why I think it came on so late on MTV, but it was for teens, a softcore porn, a hundred percent. And somehow I stumbled across that show and would let just flop over the bed and do my rocking for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And still at the time, I really had no idea what the mechanics were or were like why I liked it so much. I just didn't know other than it felt so good. And I remember the thing I always used to discover was that if I tried to pee immediately afterwards, I couldn't pee. There was some sort of period afterwards where I didn't understand the mechanics of the vagina that I needed like a five or a 10 minute buffer afterwards to be able to pee and release after. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Would you try to pee and it just wouldn't happen? Yes, yes. And I would sit there and I'd get so mad. I was like, why, why isn't this happening for me? And, but I remember it being like a little wet, which I, I didn't know what that was either. Um, and then I sort of discovered along the way, okay, I need to give myself this little buffer period afterwards to wait and then try and pee. And then I should be okay. Um, but Undressed wasn't the first, not even show like that I found. Weird long story short, 
my grandfather owned a hotel in upstate New York, like Dirty Dancing style. Mm. Like in the movie Dirty Dancing, when they go to the other hotel that very first night to do Mambo, where she very first dances with Patrick Swayze, that was based off of the Mambo night at my family's hotel. (gasps) What? So my mom, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? It was this like iconic Catskills Jewish resort that people would go to for the entire summer. And I would... Like Miss Maisel? Yes. That is low-key what my childhood was like during the summers. I spent all summer there. There was Simon Says. There was the indoor and the outdoor pool. There was an ice skating rink. It was a whole thing. Wow. Oh, it was wild. I had a very strange childhood. But my mom was the manager and my dad ran the kitchen. So I was left alone a lot of the time and would run around and play or do whatever. But occasionally I would bring friends down for the weekend because it was a treat. The very first boy I ever kissed was one of my best friends. And we used to go into his closet in his house and time how long we could kiss for. It, it wasn't sexual so much as kind of a contest to see how long we could stand there and kiss for. And somehow I had discovered we were left alone. We lived in an apartment on the grounds of the hotel. And I was surfing through the channels and I discovered that our TV in the apartment had the Playboy channel. Now, of course, at the time, I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but I figured it out real fast. And he and I used to sit there for hours watching the Playboy channel, which again, now at this point, was not so softcore. I was born. <laughs> Wait, is this when you're four? How old were you? Yeah. Yeah, no, this was like four and five. This was super young. It was, again, that weird thing of knowing it was wrong and I couldn't tell my parents that we were watching it, but I, I was so fascinated by it. And he and I never tried it, any of the things we saw. We both just sort of sat there in silence watching it. I, I think it helped, like, destigmatize sex at a really young age. But conversely, because I went to a really small Jewish private school where there were a lot of really religious kids, Sex wasn't a thing that happened between most people unless you were in a really tight, long-term relationship. I knew of eight people in my high school class that had actually had sex. So I, I think I didn't look at it as something that was bad or scary or wrong, but the opportunity never presented itself and I didn't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. So I wound up it was my freshman year of college. I was 18, and that's when it finally happened. But I had been basically watching porn since the age of four. <laughs> Which is how sex positive. And it's funny because now I I love sex. Love it. And I find myself surrounded by a lot of my close girlfriends that also feel the same way I do. Like, and it's funny because I think back on it I'm like wow but I really started late and all things considering I haven't slept with that many people but I think because I discovered it so early on it became kind of normalized and not scary but still something I kept quiet and private to myself that when I did finally start having sex I had this very sex positive attitude and I didn't judge other girlfriends who would tell me these crazy stories and it just sort of made sense to me. It's interesting that there's some, like, there's something we know, like, you know, and you don't tell your parents about watching it. Yeah. And you knowing, 
that you do lock the door for this one specific TV show. And like, you're not inherently like touching yourself in a way, but you know that no one can come in on some level. It's interesting. I don't know at what point I realized the mechanics of it and what I was doing and why it felt good. And like when I learned what the clitoris was and why the sensation of that was what was giving me all that pleasure. I'm not sure when I put those pieces together, but it was not at the time. I used to play uh, The Sims, the original Sims. <laughs> yes. And whenever my Sims would woohoo, I would like, I didn't know I would like made me horny. I didn't know it made me excited, but like I would go and like lie on my stomach and roll around. <laughs> <laughs> There's something in us that tells us, this is what I want to do now. <laughs> I used to get that. When I would watch certain movies or TV shows where there was even just sort of kissing that became really intimate and romantic, I would get this tingling sensation. And I would start, to, sometimes if it was really good, I would start to get a little wet. And I was like, what? Am I, am I the only one this happens to? And especially if I was sitting with other people and this would start to happen to me. I would become very self-conscious of, is this happening to anyone else? Am I the only one getting excited by this? Yeah, it's sort know. of like, uh, move around and be like, uh, I don't care. It's not me. Uh, what do you mean? No, oh, God. It's fine. It's totally fine. Did watching porn at an early age change your expectations of what sex was? No, because honestly, I think a lot of the stuff, <laughs> as strange as this sounds, on the Playboy channel, was a lot of like girl girl stuff with popsicles. I remember I remember distinctly them sucking on popsicles and then using it on each other. Why that <laughs> particularly stands out to me, don't know. I've never actually tried that, though that sounds fun. I do remember, you know, you watch all of this stuff and I think the one thing I thought wasn't really accurate or possible was the level of squirting that would happen. And I was like this doesn't seem realistic. And I thought that I made it all the way up to almost 30 until my current boyfriend. I didn't think that was possible. And boy, did he prove me wrong. Ooh, can we talk boy, about that? Boy, did he prove me wrong. Yeah, sure. Because I've I'm never, sure can. I've never squirted. Oh my God. Okay. I genuinely thought it was something straight out of a porn. You see all this liquid pouring out of a female, and I'm like, that's just not physically possible. That doesn't happen to a real person. I'm like, sure, I've had orgasms, and they've been wonderful, and I've been wet, and all of those other things. But the act of it pouring out of their bodies the way I would see, I did not think was a real thing. And I remember the first time it happened, I just started laughing, hysterically laughing during sex. And I looked up at him with this dumbfounded look on my face of, holy shit, I didn't know I could do that. And the sex with him was great from the start. I do think once we really learned each other's bodies, he could read me like a book from that point on. And he just knew exactly what he needed to do and the release it was an emotional release it was a physical release it just this weight dropped off of me and i, I just started laughing uncontrollably laughing and I, I felt it it was dripping down my legs it was so good i mean it was soaking wet and i genuinely 
didn't think my body was capable of that. And it has happened many times since. And it is glorious. It is glorious. Do you think uh, achieving that has to do, there needs to be some sort of comfortability or relaxation that goes into it? I do. Um, I definitely think there's an element of I needed to really know him and trust him before that happened. Because it was probably a good couple months into the relationship when I think it happened for the first time. And while I've always been able to enjoy sex, I would say most of the, the sort of either one night stand or disconnected sex I've had was fine, but I don't look back on any of that going, yeah, that was an awesome one night stand. I really felt great afterwards. My body absolutely responds better to someone I feel a connection to. So I, I think there's certainly an element of your body inherently knowing, yep, this is, this is going to be um, a mutual experience. And I know he wants me to be pleasured as much as I want him to be pleasured where I think in a lot of the one night stands, it's, yes, we're mutually using each other for sex, but they don't care as much about what happens for my release. It's a, it's an act. And I know he really wants me to feel good. And I think my body recognized that. I had sex for the first time when I was 16, but I didn't, orgasm until I was 22. Yeah. At least for me personally, there was always, probably because of pop culture and fucking cosmopolitan telling me how to please your man, that I, Mm -hmm. my pleasure was never at the forefront. And it wasn't until, I mean, my relationship right now is like, I can confidently say the only partner who is asked do you want this or do you want that does this feel good does this feel you know like actually cares (laughs) yeah it makes a difference yeah I really think it does and I also find that it happens for me more often either when I'm super stressed about other things or maybe I haven't seen him for a week or something especially during all of this craziness, we originally were quarantined apart. He had been out and about and I wanted to wait the two weeks until I knew he hadn't seen anyone before I saw him again. So I was really stressed. It was the beginning of the pandemic. I'd lost my job. And the first time I saw him again after that two weeks was like an explosion. And so I do think there's also some sort of psychological element of when my emotions need that release, my body follows suit. I, I have a trouble getting lost in sex. The second I do, I pull back and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there anything you could recommend to get, to lose yourself and be that relaxed and be that, I don't know. Does that make sense? Ooh. Yeah, no, it does. Um, it's really sad that the first thing comes to mind is not something I should recommend to people and it's get stoned because that gets me more <laughs> in my body always. <laughs> but that's not something... I, I, I realize, you know, that's not something everyone partakes in. Um, but for me in particular, that always relaxes my body more. But I also find this is only ever possible for me 
when I'm on the bottom. We've tried it like doggy style, which I love, but it I never get that full squirt unless I'm on the bottom. So I think there's something about being that physically relaxed down mm-hmm. because you know if you're on top or in another position and you're really putting in all that work, I don't think you can let the mind go enough to let your body fully relax. Maybe. Um, so for me, it's definitely only possible on the bottom. And I think sometimes it's just, I have to take a deep breath into it. Sometimes your body wants to fight it because it's almost too much. Yeah. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah. Um, it can be so overwhelming that your body has the tendency to push away from it. And I find you have to really take a deep breath into it and just, just, I mean, close your eyes, do what you, or look it in his eyes, whichever works better. But it's easy for me in that moment to, to once I've given in, almost sort of black out and go, okay, go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Like SpongeBob said. Yeah. I found myself in the moment pushing, push. Yeah. Exactly what you're saying. Like it's almost too much push away. And yes, I'm going to try that next time to just be like, okay, here it comes. (laughs) I find that I started to do that especially with clitoral stimulation. Like once I've started coming with that, that becomes so overwhelming that I literally would start to push away from him because it was too much. And I find that if I stop that and breathe into it, I'm like, oh, we can keep going here. This will keep happening. Um, but the ap- the absolute first in- instinct is, oh, it's too much. It's too much. Push away, push away. Oh God, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. You got to breathe into it. It's worth <sighs> it. It's so worth it. Learning so much today. How lovely. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> what a journey to go four years old sitting on the couch to Playboy at the Jewish uh, summer camp to squirting. Yeah. What a beautiful journey. <laughs> and there was quite a gap in between. I, I gave my first blowjob at 15 and then there was really not a lot other than making out that happened until I lost my virginity Mm -hmm. can we talk about uh your first theater clamp blowjob oh yeah this is a good one this is a good one so I went to the same theater camp for eight or nine years and I would say there were maybe let's call it 20 straight men on the campus every summer. And so they were always a hot commodity. So the summer I turned 15, there was this really cute boy, super talented. And I always get talent crushes on people. Like if you're really talented, my level of attraction to you skyrockets. And I hadn't really had a boyfriend up to that point, And I remember him taking interest in me. And we would have lunch together and we would read our mail together and the cute little innocent whatever. And at some point, I don't think he and I had this conversation, but somehow it became understood that the next time we hung out during rec, which is our free period in between rehearsals and classes, that some, I was going to give him a blowjob. And I don't know if he told this to either friends of mine. I don't remember 
how I knew it was going to happen, but I knew it was, and I was completely unprepared. So there were five of us that would live in a room because the camp used to be a hotel. So you were basically living in an old hotel room. So it wasn't a bunk with a ton of people. It was only five of you. And I luckily that summer had one roommate who was the super experienced roommate. She had already seen on it all. And I remember her sitting me down one day in our room. She's like, all right, it's lesson time. I'm gonna give you a lesson about how this works. And I remember her teaching me about the no teeth and wrap your lips over your teeth and the hands and what to do. And we're sitting there practicing in the room and I'm ready and the day comes and there was an outdoor theater at camp that was on a hill. So the theater was set kind of halfway down the hill. So he and I met underneath the stage, which was not even tall enough for you to fully sit up, but you had to go where you could to find privacy. So we literally crawled underneath the stage in the dirt. And I don't think it, I don't think it could have lasted very long, maybe a couple of minutes. And I knew there was success. And I immediately go back to my room. I push the door open. And the first thing I do is go into the bathroom and start brushing my teeth. And everyone else knew exactly what had happened. They didn't need to ask me. I didn't say a word. I opened the door and immediately started brushing my teeth. And it wasn't like it was terrible, but I think the first time is you don't know what to expect and semen doesn't taste great. And I remember after that, sessions at camp were only three weeks and I was there for two, three week sessions. So, you know, this flirtation or whatever we had had been going on for maybe a week and a half or two weeks. Maybe it was into the second session. I don't know. But either way, after the blowjob, he started to distance himself from me and started hitting on some other girl at camp. And I remember this feeling of feeling used for sure. I was still glad that I had done it and gotten that experience, especially at a place like that where I tied so many memories to that camp. So I wasn't mad about it, but I think that was my first time of like, oh, you get used for this. Mm. And they they want this. And then maybe when they get it, they disappear. Um, which also may be why there was such a large gap in between that and the next time, which I think was probably my senior year of high school, so a good two or three years later. I had no interest in jumping right back on that particular bandwagon. I was like, that didn't do anything for me. Why do I need to do this again right away? Now I enjoy doing it because it's a person I care about and I want to give him pleasure. So now, hell yeah. When you brushed your teeth, uh, what did, did anybody say anything to you? Did they ask how oh. it was? Did they? Yes. Afterwards, we had the full roommate debrief. And I think I remember telling her, I was like, I did everything you told me to do. I followed all of your instructions. It clearly worked. But it didn't taste great. <laughs> didn't taste great. <laughs> Not my favorite rec time activity. I would rather be getting candy. Or a, I used to eat a lot of chipwiches back then. An ice cream chipwich. Those were the best. What's a chipwich? Oh my god! It's two chocolate chip cookies with vanilla ice cream in the middle, and then around the vanilla ice cream are tiny little chocolate chips. Ooh, that sounds great. Oh, it's so good. So good. Perfect summertime treat. But I 
way rather would have been eating one of those than his dick again. Was there any stigma after you did that? Was anybody mean to you? Were they excited? There was, I think my roommates were, were sort of excited afterwards that I had had this experience. I don't remember there being any stigma around it or feeling bad about it or anyone making me feel bad about it. But the following summer, there was a film crew following us around to camp. Long story short, there's a documentary about my camp that was on Netflix for a time. It's called Stage Door. And they followed us around the whole summer. And I was in this master acting class where we really did these deep exercises where you talked about everything and you got very vulnerable. Someone mentioned, we were literally sitting on the stage where it had happened underneath and someone brought it up during the exercise in front of the film crew. I'm like, oh, how about the, your blowjob underneath the stage? And I remember because it was being filmed, I was like, oh my God, if this makes the cut, my parents are gonna see this. And I was so embarrassed in the moment and in that one particular instance, I was like, did you really need to bring that up in front of the camera? Or did you do it because you thought that would make good TV? Because it didn't feel like it was necessary to bring up in the moment. So I think that was the only moment where someone maybe tried to not even shame me, but take advantage of it and take advantage of my circumstances, which were outside of my control, which I did not like. And I remember being pretty nervous about that until the documentary came out. And thankfully, none of that class made the final cut. I was very relieved at that point. My main cameo was me running on during a dress rehearsal with half of my elbow sticking out of my dress because I couldn't make my quick change in time. (laughs) I was fine with that. This one also weirdly ties to childhood. I used to watch this. Oh, if I say it, it will give it away. I used to watch this video when I was younger. It was a musical video. It was mainly adults, but there were two kids who were sort of guided through the video. And I loved it, and I would sing the songs all the time as a kid. I watched this video on repeat. When I was living in New York after graduation, it was one of the years, one of the last years that the Yankees won the World Series. And I was out at a bar in New York, and I've been a Yankees fan my whole life. And I remember meeting this guy at the bar and it was, it's just one of those really exciting moments. The Yankees win, you get really excited. And we had been flirting. So we exchanged phone numbers. And somehow we discovered that he was, I don't know how he brought it up, how I figured it out, that he was the kid from that video grown up that I used to watch all the time. There were literally, there was one girl and one boy in this video. And he was the little boy. And... Wow. We had sex and it was, he, I mean, the dirty talk was to a level that I was not comfortable with, with someone that I had just met. Like it was a lot. I had a handprint on my ass for like a week afterwards. Like he was, he was a lot, not in like a over, it was just stuff that I all love with someone that I'm comfortable with, but I had just really met him. And I remember, especially while it was happening, I was like, this is the little boy from the video. Like, this is just not, just not right. And he wanted to see me a bunch of times after that. And I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I kept pushing it off and pushing it off. I think finally I just ghosted him. 
but something in my mind would not allow the fact that that part of my, actually my, the innocent part of my childhood, the non-playboy part, the non-undressed part, this other video I liked that was so sweet and innocent was now tied to like a handprint on my ass. I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. So you watch this video a lot where a fan flirt with this guy in a bar, end up realizing he's the boy that you watched as a kid. Yep, used to sing along with him for years. And now he wants to dirty talk and touch you and you're like, whoa. It was intense. I remember afterwards going, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot to handle. Did you tell him you knew who he was? Yeah, I think I can't remember how we figured it out. But maybe he had told me he was an actor and I asked him what stuff he had done and he might have mentioned it. And I don't think I believed him at first. So I remember looking it up while he was sitting there and I said, holy shit, that is you. I mean, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. It is absolutely him. Now, how do you feel about it? Now, I, th I think it's hilarious. Now I love it. I'm like, yeah, of course I would find him. Of course I would. Such a full circle moment. Yeah, it really was. But at the time, I, I could not deal or, or want to pursue. I was, no, 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 no. The end. It was nice meeting you. I remember being at work and he would text me and I was like, how do I? I was really bad at saying no at the time. I would just keep texting back because I felt bad not responding, but I also didn't know how to say, no, I'm not interested in seeing you anymore. It was nice to meet you. Bye. I was not good at that. So yeah, I think that, that rounded out my childhood pretty completely. Thanks so much to Natalie for sharing your story with us today. If you have a dirty story that you want to share on the pod, email us at dirtygirlpodcast at gmail.com. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Nicole. And we're the hosts of the comedy podcast, Dude, That's Fucked Up. Join us every Wednesday for an irreverent discussion on topics such as light cannibalism, a la the Donner Party, JFK's meth dependency, cryptid fanfic, and even pubes. It's available now on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Go to dtfupodcast.com for more information. You know what's not fucked up? This podcast, you butthole. Eee. This has been a hoo-ha-ha -ha podcast.